This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Is it going? Is it on? I believe it's on. It says pause slash stop recording. <laughs> Sounds on. Sounds on enough. Let's do it. Okay, I'm here with Mike. Uh, what's that? Hello. Uh, and so um, we are working, we're going to talk today about pep and skip and what that means, but uh, specifically foraging. So this is a podcast about foraging and how it uh, also a tie-in with uh, the pep and skip program. And so Mike has been working with me a lot. We've been putting in a lot of work every week uh, on uh, on this project. And so we're going to share with you some of our results. So, um, uh, Mike, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Yes, I'm Mike Hossel. I'm, I live in northern Wisconsin. And, yeah, I've been doing permaculture for a few years, ever since I found Permies. So. And you're on the staff at Permies. Yes. Yeah. And so, much. Now, um, we do have a book. There's a book out right now that's the PEP book. Um, it's in an alpha state and that, that was, uh, you, you helped with that. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but it was mostly, I would say Sean and I and, uh, that, that did it. But now, uh, Sean's off working on other things and you and I have been like, let's take this to prime time and, uh, we'll, we're going to get the whole pet program done. And, uh, so, one of the things is is that the we hope to create a book called Skip Skills to Inherit Property, and uh, so it'll be this strategy as a potential alternative to college, or maybe somebody could go to college and then do this. But um, the idea is is to go directly to retirement in a way instead of spending 40 years in the workforce. Um, and it's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be several years of, of work to fill a gap. Um, and because it's, it's kind of like we've, we, in a previous podcast, we talked about the Otis, Otis idea. And it's kind of like Otis wants to will his land to somebody of value. And um, uh, almost everybody he knows doesn't make the cut. And it's kind of like, all right, what would be a thing that would get a person to the point that they would potentially make the cut? And my guess, and I've had this verified, I don't know, 20 times now, is I think that for every person that does this, that there will be 20 Otises waiting for them and saying, I wish to will my land to you. Of course, you you only need one. Uh, But... uh, uh, we're we're kind of thinking about like let's make a better book. But the first step is is before we make a better book, we need to finish completing the entire pep program, and we are knocking this 
out. It's been a lot of work, but we have probably uh, uh, completed all of the badges for probably four aspects in the last month and a half or so. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And we've got work done on probably three more that we're currently trying to get to completion. And then there's probably six more on top of that that we haven't touched yet. And it would be terrific if, if people could help us with that. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people are interested in it or not, but, but we're going to get to that in a sec. All right. So the general plan is we need to finish defining the badges which means, you know, listing the BBs that go with each badge under each aspect. And, and we, I think we've come up with some really magnificent lists. And in fact, the, the whole program, I think, has become much richer in how we do it, um, uh, over the last six weeks. Um, the next thing is is to bring the book up to first class status. So the current book that you can go and get is is labeled as a draft, and uh, I think it's a it's a very good book as is in its draft state. Um, but we want to bring the book up to the point that it's like this is this is a book worthy of being on bookshelves at bookstores kind of book. Uh, this is a, a book that that might uh, sell a million copies as opposed to a book that might sell a thousand. Does that sound about right? Yeah. And then finally, the the step number three in all of this is, is once the book is done and it's at a first-class status, we're contemplating having this be the next Kickstarter. And so, um, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like the, doing a Kickstarter might possibly be three months out, but you know, we got to do the work first, and then we start the Kickstarter. So maybe it'll be longer than three months. Um, is that does three months sound about right to you? Yeah. At the, at the pace we're going. Yeah, at the pace we're going. I think we'll be through all the badges if we get some help on some of the sections that you and I maybe don't know quite as much about. I would think in three months we should have the all the badges, all the badges for all the aspects defined. And yeah, for those of you following at home, so, uh, you know, the badges, there's sand, straw, wood, and iron badges. Those are the different levels within each aspect. So tool care is an aspect, textiles is an aspect, natural medicine is an aspect. So. Right. And so there's several badges that are now, or several aspects that are now fully complete. Um, but, but let's, let's get to a list of where we need some help here in a moment. And then, then we're going to get into the foraging badge because I think, I think we did a great job with the foraging badge. I, I think it really rocks. I like the I like the way that we approached it. But, but more on that here in a moment. Um, we need people to uh, attend our voice meetings and help with fleshing out the badges. So uh, currently, you and I meet three times a week. Um, with a voice meeting. We do two hours uh, in, in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, it would be great if we had somebody else attending that and, um, you know, could take a slice to try and, and plow through between meetings. 
Um, or maybe even if they met with us just once a week or something like that, and they could take a piece or something. Um, and, and it's like, I kind of feel like so many of our projects are like, cause like the, the better world book, that was when we got all done with it and we went back to look at the acknowledgements, more than a hundred people contributed to that book. Um, and I kind of feel like, man, if, if we could get, that kind of help again on this project, um, then we could get it done a lot faster and then move on to the next project after that. And we, I'm worried, like, what if, what if, uh, 20,000 people try to do this at once? Um, then, then I don't, I don't think we can, I'm worried about that many people. I mean, if, if 200 people want to do it right out of the gate, and then we scale up to 20,000. I think we can do that. But, um, yeah, two, 200 right, or 20,000 right out of the gate, that would be a little overwhelming. But I do think that, uh, um, if a million people read this and understand it and are thinking that they want to do it, um, I, I do think that it'll probably be only, it'll be probably be less than a thousand that'll do it like the first month. And, and we can, we can grow from there. Um, and so, but it, but it's that's the other thing too. Is it's like a million is a lot. That's a lot of brains to infect. And it's kind of like the uh, the Better World book, which I think is an excellent book. Um, uh, it hasn't. Uh, we the Kickstarter we sold twenty thousand copies during the Kickstarter, and um, I don't think that we've sold even two thousand since. So it's kind of like off to, um, you know, a disappointing start. But I, I kind of have gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of people that it's probably going to have exponential growth. I mean, people have to read the book and then, and then buy a bunch of copies to pass on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so I've got a lot of people telling me that that's probably the way it's going to play. In the meantime, it seems like globally, there's an outcry for like, we need to know what to do to save the world. And it's kind of like, well, I, well, the book is right there. <laughs> and so, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, all I can do is keep, is, is make more content. And I think, I think that what we're about to make, um, is possibly even better than that. It's just, really different. Um, you know, I think that, uh, um, right. So uh, I, I want to talk more about how great this is and stuff, but, but moving along to get help at this stage is, is going to be, um, awesome if we can get it. And so, and it seems like, I mean, hell that's Sean heard me in a podcast say, I'd like to get help. And then Sean emailed me. And then we wrote the book. Um, and so I'm, I get, I don't know, I'm kind of putting the invite out there for other people to get involved. Um, and, and this is, this is a free thing too. <laughs> and, uh, so it's kind of like, yeah, help us create this free thing for changing the world. Okay. Um, it's slow work because we're trying to do a really good job instead of a quick job. Uh, adding one BB to a list can sometimes take more than an hour. Um, I think usually when we're looking at a list of BBs, we probably do 
three or four per hour, but sometimes it, you know, one BB takes an hour. That sound about right? I think we're, I don't know, I'd say we're a little faster than that. I think sometimes, like I've usually got them all written out before the meeting and I don't know, sometimes it seems like we can get through a dozen in, a dozen or more in a two hour call. But yeah, it, it varies. Maybe our average is probably for an hour over the long haul. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, here's a quick list of aspects that have sand badges, and we need to define at least one more badge. So there's a good, strong start. There's a bunch of brainstorming information for each of these, and what we need to do is formally define at least one more badge within the aspect. So tool care food prep and preservation, animal care, community living, textiles, gray water and willow feeders, plumbing and hot water, commerce, natural medicine, and nest. So that's those are the those that's the whole list of everything yet to be done. So so um, I think that more than half of the aspects have been fully defined, and so we're coming in on the home stretch here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's 22 aspects. There are 10 that have at least the sand badge defined, and we need at least one more badge. Um, defined for each of those. So some of them might have two or three badges already defined and they just need one more. Uh, some of them might need uh, two more or three more. Um, but, you know, these are these are all that's left. And uh, all right, so uh, next item on the list before we get to going over the foraging badge, uh, uh, some badges now have points. So we've been doing this thing with the point system uh, kind of using the point system for oddball, um, but points in a non-oddball badge usually have twice as many points. So for oddball, so the oddball badge is something where it's like you're doing a thing that seems permaculture or homesteading-esque. It seems like something that Otis would be impressed by but it's a weird thing that is not on any list and any badge anywhere. And it's like, you know, so what you do is you post the information about it, show that you're doing it. So most of the badges are kind of like the way that you do it is you provide pictures for before, during, and after. So you kind of do that for the oddball thing, probably some description of what's going on. And then somebody is going to um, evaluate it and then give you points. And so, in fact, I think right now, uh, Mike, you've completed not only the sand badge, but also the straw badge for oddball. Is that right? That's correct. So what were your oddball projects? Uh, let's see. The, the biggest one was I took out a load-bearing wall in my house and put a beam in the attic to to support it, along with all the associated electrical and demolition type stuff. So that, that was a, a huge project. Um, 
trying to think of some others. I got a, I did a few. That one alone was half all the way through sand and halfway into straw, I think. Okay. So, um, and then the way that the oddball points are selected is that somebody reviews it and then they estimate how many hours it would take for an expert to do with a bit of luck. And so, um, not accounting for like things for surprises, not accounting for, you know, um, uh, oopsies, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, so it's going to be, so some people are going to be like, well, that's, that's not fair, but, but that's how oddball is done. And so you can get some points and get oddball badges. Um, and time spent looking or researching on YouTube and all those other preparation things and, and worrying about it doesn't count into the hours either. Right. So the idea is, is that it's kind of like a minimal number of hours, like for all the people in all the world and they all did the exact same task that who, who wins the prize for getting it done in the fewest possible hours. And that's the number of points you get. Um, and then, uh, but if you're going to do something that's an oddball thing in other badges, or if we, if there's an assigned number of points, it generally works out to be twice as many points. Um, and basically the way it's selected, the number of points is selected is the number of hours for a talented newbie. So like, if there's a class of 25 interested people, there's that one student in the class that's a bit of a natural. And like, how long did it take that person to get it done? And so that's, that's how we're gauging this. Um, <clears throat> but some of the badges are going to say something like, all right, to get the straw badge, you need 35 points. And then here's a long list of things you could possibly do and the points for each BB that you could get. And then you pick and choose what works for you. So, for example, I know that we worked on electrical stuff, which, you know, included solar and, and alternative energy things and, and stuff like that. And so it's kind of like um, if you're going to go get the sand badge, there's this long list of like 25 different things to pick from. And it kind of depends on like where you're at, what, what is needed for that space. Like, like, uh, we need another outlet here. And so you can do that one, but we don't need some of the other things that are on the list. And so you just get enough of it because the requirement's pretty small. So you kind of pick and choose the things that are going to be of use to you. But then as you get to the later badges, it's kind of like, well, we need to make sure that you experienced all those other little things. So there's a lot more. But then also there's other projects that get to be a lot bigger um, for, you know, electrical stuff. All right. And we'll get a great example of this is going to be coming up soon in the in the foraging badge. Um, although I'm not sure, do we have, well, we'll look here in a moment and find out about the points. But the thing is, is that the point stuff has been pretty cool. Um some BBs have a point range. And so we can say like, okay, if you make it and it's a bare minimum thing, you get one point. 
But if you make it and it's got all the special frills and it's, you know, extra fancy and it's extremely high quality, you get four points. And um, we'll spell it out in the BB about what you need to do to get these certain levels of points. Um, and then, and then we did a bunch where we were adding ranges to a bunch of things. And then we decided to back off on that. And so we took, so now we, uh, we've got only a few things that have ranges. Um, we're thinking it just has too much time for evaluators. Just, it would just take too much time to determine whether this is a one point thing or a two point thing. And, and so we decided to just make it like, you gotta hit these bare minimum requirements. If you make something a lot nicer, that's great, but you gotta hit the bare minimum requirements to get this BB. Uh, some BBs have points for two different aspects. Oh yeah, we've done a bunch of these now. So like, uh, if you do an electric car conversion, like you convert a petroleum based vehicle to electric, then you'll get a bunch of electric points and you'll also get a bunch of metalworking points. Um, and so I, and I think that there's a bunch of other points that could possibly be thrown in there too, but, but a BB could say like, if once you complete this BB, you get um, this many points for that aspect and this many points for this other aspect. Um, I think, I think that's been pretty cool. So, so the whole PEP and BB system has gotten richer, a whole lot richer. All right. Um, Mike, anything else? I've, I've kind of just read off our whole list of stuff here of all the things we wanted to mention before getting into the foraging badge. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we jump into foraging badge? No, I think that was a beautiful summary. I think we're ready for it. All right. Let's do it. <sighs> All right. Um, there's, we've, we've got a general note at the beginning of the foraging aspect. And that is, this badge is about foraging, hunting, trapping, and fishing with some gorilla gardening sprinkled in. Must be wild foods, not gleaning or harvesting from an actively cultivated space. Apples from a neighbor don't count here. Apples from a homestead that has been abandoned for at least five years does count. Apples oddly growing in a place where there has never been any cultivation counts too. Probably a discarded apple core led to the tree. Apples that are the result of gorilla gardening count too. All right. So this is the, the, the key is, and, and we're going to introduce something that I, I'm really excited about getting to here. And I think it doesn't even show up until the wood badge, but we came, we came up with this idea of forage gardening and, and with, with this idea of forage gardening, which, which we're going to get get to details later, I'm so excited about it because I kind of feel like this is the kind of horticulture that was done here in the United States 500 years ago. And I kind of feel like a lot of permaculture is is based on forage gardening. And, um, and the idea is... Generally, I will, yeah, generally 
that um, you're going to go to a space and you're going to do some foraging and you're going to try and leave it in a way so that when you come back to the space next year, there will be even more food there. And how you go about that, there's a lot of different ways. But one way is, is that while you're there, you could just simply plant a few seeds while you're foraging. And, uh, and of course, this area would be absolutely um, unirrigated. And it would be totally exposed to wildlife. So all the deer and wild turkeys and other animals are going to come through and eat whatever it is that you've planted. Um, and so you might, you know, lose a lot, but there's some things that you could plant which would do well anyway. And, uh, but all right, I'm very excited about talking more about forage gardening here in just a moment. But, but first, let's start off with the sand badge. And so for those of you that don't remember, there are four badges. There's the sand badge, which is generally about five hours of experience. And it's, it's not, it takes you five hours to do it. It might take you 50 hours to do it, but we feel like it's five hours of experience. And there's been, I think that's a whole other podcast in talking about that because I know that at the PEP event uh, last spring where Mike, you were here for that event. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people felt strongly that you should never mention the five hours thing. And that has to go because it's discouraging. And so for a while we kind of thought about like not mentioning the five hours thing, but after further contemplation, we decided, no, we're going to embrace it. We're going to say it. And five hours is what that most talented students are going to get done after all the prep. Once the, the materials are right in front of them, that's the amount of experience. So it's like, if you're going to say, you're going to go out and pick a pound of huckleberries, but it took you um, three hours of internet time to figure out, uh, um, you know, like what is a huckleberry and what do they look like? How do I not confuse them with other things? And then I have to find a place where I can go and find them. And then I got to drive all the way out there. And then I got there and then I picked them and I drove all the way back. So it's like maybe a person's got 12 hours invested in this. But picking the pound of huckleberries actually took half an hour. So then do we count it as 12 hours or half an hour? So we're saying we're going to count it as a half an hour. The other thing is that it's possible like, okay, I found a huckleberry plant and I didn't even get a half a pound. And it took me two hours of hiking until I found another huckleberry plant and I could finish getting the full pound. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's that's still about a half an hour. All right. Sand bed, ready? Yes. All right. Um, it looks like we've got points listed in here, but the sand badge is not based on points. I think what what we're looking at here is that when you get to the straw badge, yeah, there it is. The straw badge says 35 points are required. And it says, part of it says you can, you know, to go back and finish getting some of the stuff that was listed in the sand badge. Yeah. Um, so we've got sand badge, straw badge, 
wood badge, iron badge. The sand badge is about five hours. The uh, straw badge is about five days. The wood badge is about five weeks. And the iron badge is about six months. And so the iron badge at six months, that's six months of experience probably spread out over two or three years. So very few people are probably going to, to do the iron badge, but, and I think most people are going to be focused on the sand badge, but let's, let's, we're going to talk about all of them today. The sand badge. Um, so about five hours worth of experience, um, required. You need to, um, let's see, uh, fresh list. You need to do one of these out of all of this list. Either you're going to get a pound of, and there's a list, or two pounds of a list, or 20 pounds of another list. So the one pound list. So all you got to do is just get, just, just accomplish one of these. You don't have to, you don't have to do them all. You don't have to do one of the one pound, one of the two pound, one of the 20 pounds. No, it's just get, um, you could get like a, a pound of huckleberries or you can get two pounds of grapes or you could get 20 pounds of apricots. You pick which one is, is yours. So on the one pound list is huckleberries, raspberries, blueberries, aronia, Salmon berries, true cranberries, service berries, slow berries, blackberries, or strawberries. Now, I think a great thing is, is that on the thread at Permies about this badge, you are encouraged to reply to this and make suggestions of things to add to these lists. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say half of everything on this list was probably due to suggestions that people made. Does that sound about right, Mike? Yeah, at least. At least. Okay. And so um, now one of the things that we're focused on, we're hyper-focused on right now is that when you, if you go and you make a suggestion, then um, we're trying to do things that are um, at this time, things that can be done here at Wheaton Labs. So it's permaculture experience, according to Paul. So it's things that I think are of value and also can be done here. And um, so it's a it's a cold climate. But, of course, Mike, you're also in a cold climate. So I'm going to guess that all of these things are things that work for you as well. Like, like you could probably do it, probably do all of this at your place. Like everything from every badge that we've done so far could probably be done at your place. Is there anything that can't be done at your place? Well, most, I like, there, I've never seen a salmon berry around here. Maybe they exist, but yeah, generally most of this stuff could be done at my place as well. Okay. All right. All right. Now, if you're in Hawaii, I think we need to come up with some, an alternative to PEP and, and, that would need to be a whole new PEX thing. And um, uh, what we're thinking we want to do is finish with PEP and then 
and the months that follow, we can make some nudges to PEP so it can work for more people. Um, uh, you know, like in, in environments that are very similar to here, um, you know, like a little nudge could, could add, you know, millions of people kind of a thing. Um, uh, but I, I think that, that in time there's going to need to be other parallel programs. So Jeff Lawton could do it and he could make peg and, and, and all of the, the foods that are foraged might be completely different because he's in a tropical or subtropical area. Um, so there's, there's that, uh, we've, we've had a lot of people. The other thing is, is that we're, we're, I'm excited to see the P program be put together and that's P E A where the A is for apartment dwellers. And we're kind of like, this is for everybody in the whole world. And, and so, but we we're saying that everything that's on the P program can be done within an apartment that does not have a balcony. So it works for everybody because with the pet program, a lot of people were getting turned off because it's kind of like, I'm, you know, like in gardening, it says go make a hugo culture. And it's like, I don't have enough space to make a hugo culture or the materials and things of that nature. And, um, and it's kind of like, well, with the P program, then, um, it works for everybody in the world. And then um, once the PEP program is defined, I'm, I'm hopeful that there will be a variety of people that will develop other programs. And um, that'll, that'll end up being, um, uh, it'll, it'll cover everybody in time. But we've got to start somewhere, and the world's a big place. So let's start with PEP. Uh, later, we will kind of uh, put together P. Um, there's been some very exciting things about P. And then uh, um, the other the other programs will come will come in the following years. And I'm I'm excited to see what they do. All right. I read off the one pound list: two pounds of blackberries, high bush cranberries, elderberries, grapes, choke cherries, and mulberries. Uh, or 20 pounds of apples or pears, apricots, plums, or hazelnuts. All right, so out of that whole list, you just needed to fresh harvest. This is the fresh list, just one. So you fresh harvest one thing. And then there's the dry list. And this is where you're going to harvest it, dry it, and store it. So, um, and again, it's kind of got a one-pound list, um, but it's also got a five-pound list and a 20-pound list. So, one pound of nettles, mint, rose hips, or pineapple weed, um, which is going to be related to chamomile. Or five pounds of mushrooms, or... 20 pounds of apples, pears, apricots, plums. <laughs> then there's the tea list. And then the, uh, the, the tea list is to make a cup of tea from one of these things. 
and it does not specify whether it's fresh or dried. But, of course, since this is the foraging stuff, it does need to be foraged. And it could be something where you, you got two points. Like you, you got, you got the, uh, the thing for, um, harvesting and drying the nettle. And now you're getting, um, more from making a cup of tea from that same nettle. Um, so anyway, the, the tea list is nettle, rose hips, mint, or pineapple weed. Um, and then there's the, this is the next, this next one is the dish list. Prepare a dish, soup, salad, entree, side, etc., that uses at least a cup of one of these things. Uh, dandelion, wild mushrooms must be cooked. Nettles, miner's lettuce, lamb's quarters, purslane, acorns, Burdock root, chickweed, wild sorrel, red root amaranth, which is also known as pigweed, or at least around here, it's, I mean, there's, there's probably a dozen different pigweeds around. Watercress or rose hips. Um, so let's see. So at least one, you, you gotta use at least a cup of one of these things. So, which I think is going to be pretty easy. I'm kind of looking through the list, and it's like getting a cup of any one of these things should, would be pretty easy. Uh, the next thing you need to re- need to do on the list uh, is make four pounds of seed balls or seed bombs. And then, uh, finally, you need to complete two of the following. And so, now this is a good time to point out that under foraging, we include fishing and hunting, um, but we also put a lot of emphasis on making sure that uh, this will work entirely through and through for vegans. Um, and so, you know, Mike, would you agree that um, a vegan could easily do this? You know, do this whole thing. I'm. I'm trying to remember. A vegan can certainly do str- sand and straw. I'm trying to remember. If we'll, we'll see when we get to wood and iron. I think so, but I'm not. I can't remember for sure. Right. I mean, um, so people that hunt and fish, I think, I, I think that they're probably going to be able to get the. It'll be easier for them, I believe, to get the foraging badge. But people that are vegans, it's like you're going to, like, because when we get into the um, uh, wood badge, it's it's more like, okay, go out and get a bunch of calories. I think it's a, is it a 100,000 calories? Uh, for wood, you said it's uh, 1.6 million, I think. Oh, okay. Sorry, wood, no, wood, I'm, I was speaking iron, sorry. Wood is yeah, 200,000. Wood, wood badge is 200,000 calories. But there might be more to it. We'll, we'll get to it later. But it's like a, it's based on calories. Go get a bunch of calories. That's a lot I of dandelions. I think that that yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're a vegan, that's you're probably gonna do a lot of hazelnuts. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be a, you're, you're gonna be focusing on the foods that provide a lot of calories. Um, that are that are your growies. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more challenging. But all right. Um, 
So the final bit, complete two of the following. Catch and prepare at least one pound of fish. Catch and prepare one wild rabbit or squirrel. Harvest maple sap and reduce it down to make one pint of syrup. And, and Mike, I know you have tons of experience on that one because when you were here, you brought us a bunch of maple sugar that you made. Yeah. Yeah, and for folks who don't have maple trees, there's other things you can tap that are allowed in that DB. So you can tap your walnut or birch. Birch, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up is do two more items from the dry list, do four more items from the dish list, or do four more items from the fresh list. So for the entire program, then um, for at least at least for the sand badge, it can be done by a vegan, no problem. And I and I know that you and I have put extra effort in to make sure that the vegans can can do these and easily. Not it won't be like oh now you got to go harvest things that might not exist in your area or are very difficult to find. Um, that they've been difficult to find for the last three years or something like that. It's like, I think we've made it so that it's as easy to do, you know, for opportunity uh, for a vegan. Um, it's just that you might need to get a lot more of it, a lot more material, a lot more food. Um, all right. Next up. Well, first of all, um, when it comes to the sand badge, which is the, the first badge, the easiest badge, I kind of feel like for a lot of people, this is going to be crazy easy because they already do this probably every year. They probably bring in 10 times more than this every year already. Now they just got to, you know, take the appropriate pictures to be able to nail the BBs. Yeah. And then, and then for people where this, it sounds like a lot, I think it's, Something where it's like, you know, pick one and try. Or the other thing is, is that um, I suppose there's ways to find people in your area that you can do it with. Um, I know that I just grew up with doing a lot of this kind of stuff. And so it's it seems like it's simple and easy. But I suppose if a person has lived in, their apart- in an apartment all of their life, this seems like really difficult. I know it's kind of weird. I, I'll go for a hike on a relatively popular trail, and it's like there's just tons of food hanging onto the trail, like um, like berries and um, and I don't know. I guess people walk by them and they they kind of think like um, I don't know if those are edible or not. And uh, I've I have seen. Uh, wild strawberries right next to the trail. Um, wild onions right next to the trail. And I'm, I'm just kind of amazed that so many people are just walking past it all. So, um, uh, all right. Anything else to say about the sand badge? No, I think that, that covers it. It's, yeah, a lot of stuff that if you've done any amount of foraging, it's, 
it's quite quite doable. You're probably already doing most of it. You might have to learn how to make a seed ball or or how to kill a squirrel if you want to go that way. But yeah, very doable. This podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.